It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Happy hump day, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax, rocking through a Wednesday. God, I've been busy last couple of days. Busy Thursday tomorrow. Busy Friday. I know. It's a crazy week. <laughs> it's, been a nut, it's been a nut job week so far, uh, but uh wouldn't have it any other way. I could be like working for a living, Phil, you know? <laughs> Instead, I get to sit here and talk about the Gamecocks and college football and uh, the greatest sport on earth uh, yeah. over and over again. Hour number one of Inside the Gamecocks, the show always brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, realtor, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate. Please make sure uh, if you have real estate needs, you give Cindy a buzz. Um, she is right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, very proud of the bird, Phil. You and I have had many good times over there. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, soft spot in my heart for Spartanburg. Yeah, especially yeah. the new way, bar and grill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love, love the miss the new way. New way, if you're listening, I miss you. We do, definitely. Uh, definitely. I miss the smell of those uh, inexpensive frozen hamburgers bubbling on the grill, the fries and the deep fryer and the jukebox and the Pabst Blue Ribbon sign and the cold beer in the plastic cup. I mean, it's just, it's a great time, the new way. Oh, yeah. uh, but they're not paying me to advertise. But uh, Cindy is down the road at Daniel Morgan Avenue. <laughs> yeah, not too uh, far from there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 864-414-5271. I need to start passing her number out, 864-414-5271. Uh, also, uh, some of you that have wanted to get in touch with Cindy, uh, if you need to email me and get her contact info, uh, just send it inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com, and we will rock and roll that. Uh, Cindy is an outstanding and a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Poll question for today. Uh, I decided to go a little bit more positive, right? Uh, it's just simply who is the biggest surprise this year so far? And I'm going to ask you, Phil, and get your take on this. Jalen Brooks or Nick Imanwari? You know, I voted, and I voted for Jalen Brooks uh, just because I thought – you know, we didn't hear very much of him other than rumblings that he would be back. Uh, but, you know, when guys just now coming back, you don't expect him to have such a pivotal role, uh, you know, especially in the first game and, you know, being the number two receiver on the team at this point. Uh, Nicky Memori, I mean, not to short Nick whatsoever, a huge surprise, but we knew we were going to see some freshmen back there in the secondary, and I think he has definitely stepped up to it. Uh, it's really 1A, 1B, JC. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so too. And you're talking about a, like a positive, a, a, a nice surprise. Yeah, right. It's a, that's a nice surprise. But then there's also this, well, this is a surprise, you know, then mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the not so nice surprise. And there's a, uh, probably a, a list of those, uh, but uh, too much to put in the poll question. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, just kind of looking at it right now, let me kind of get the results. Uh, by the way, under 100 rushing yards ran away with yesterday's poll. Oh yeah. 80% on Big Spur and on Twitter. And I was like, Oh my goodness. It's going to be tough uh, to get over that hump, but uh, 
I got I, I got some creative ways I think they could do it if they listen to me. 229 votes so far on Twitter. 70.3% say Nick. 29.7% say Jalen. So mm-hmm. that's the deal right there uh, with the poll question so far uh, here on Inside the Game Question Show. It's Wednesday, so that means Jamie Bradford with the Bradford Files. Uh, they're gonna he's gonna join us in hour number two uh, to break down the game. Um, I kind of I, I wasn't trying to steal his thunder yesterday, but there were some things he and I talked about on the phone that uh, that I repeated. But I'll go let him get more into it. He's got a lot more detail and uh, always a good talk to talk to to Jamie and uh, get him you know exposed to our audience here on Inside the Game Cox, the show. Banana Sports chat box. Those guys are already heating up. Let's go over there. Uh, Tim says, good morning, guys. Love the show. We love you too, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Xavier goes, good morning, guys, from the Smoky Pacific Northwest. I had a hard time picking on the poll because both of them have really surprised me. Yeah. That's tough, a tough yeah, poll took me a couple minutes to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also says, another tough, tough poll question, but I agree with Phil. We all heard how Nick Imanori was coming along during the spring and everyone had written off Jalen Brooks. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of went with Brooks. I, you know, Nick Imanori has surprised me in terms of how quickly he's adapted. Yeah, and uh, how good he's been in games. Um, but Jalen, you know, I, I think you know because you talk about adding Juice Wells, you talk about adding Corey Rucker. You have Josh Van back. Amarian Brown has gotten a lot better, I think, even though. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on him to connect on a deep ball. That will happen one day, folks. I guarantee it's, yeah, you. It's close, so it's going to get there. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're, we're, we're what, 15 games in now, kind of waiting um, right, yeah. on that to happen. But it happened at Georgia Tech. It'll happen here. Um, Rattler and Brown are too good. We heard about Xavier Leggett, who's been quiet so far this year. Uh, and then you have Jaheim Bell and Austin Steiner in the passing game. So the question becomes, where does Brooks fit in? Mm-hmm. Brooks has kind of carved out his own niche. I mean, the guy has caught everything that's been thrown to him. He, he's running like his hair is on fire after he catches it. He's making tough catches. He's securing the ball. Um, he looks like the guy that maybe even a little better than we thought uh, when he transferred in from Wingate in 2020. I mean, there was a reason they expected he could come in and help. It just didn't work out for whatever reason the first two years. And, Sometimes players do that. They get back and get they get better and um, rock and roll. So mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that, that. I would go with Brooks too. Emin Warrior, obviously, leading the poll question uh, of the day. Um, Nana Sports chat box rolls on. Craig the Craiger. Well, let's, 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 we got to start giving these guys more nicknames. We're gonna start calling Craig Craiger. Craiger, uh, like uh, <laughs> like like the guy that used to host the Daily Show. Um, you're it's just kind of oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how the daily show went from like Craig Kilborn to John Stewart, it completely changed. And, and yes. now I now I don't think it's funny at all with the new mm. guy with no Noah what's his or whatever his name is. But uh uh I, I thought it was hilarious, but but Craig Kilborn had a completely different shtick than John Stewart. Uh, and they called him the Craiger, you know, he's just kind of like the sarcastic frat boy. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of one of my friends uh I had back in uh elementary school back in the day i think you and the wife know him by the way oh. uh we won't mention his name though he's a clemson fan so oh, yeah okay. <laughs> we don't talk about those people <laughs> yeah but we don't want to bring in the orange fog to inside the game Cox the show. No <laughs> uh right so um we're, we're kicking it here um and like i said jamie bradford coming up in hour number two 
okay, so I was doing some research today for a piece I put up on the Bigspur.com. It's kind of the weekly uh, setting the game up kind of deal. I just go through and kind of give some thoughts and analysis and game notes and stuff. Kirby Smart, been at Georgia since 2016, which was the year Will Muschamp started. So count the Muschamp years and then count the two Beamer years, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you go, uh, gosh, what is that, seven years? Seventh year at Georgia. Uh, he has never lost an SEC East team in their own stadium. Now, I will say that to say this, they don't play at Florida every other year. They, yeah. they, they That game's on a neutral field. So some years they only have two road games against division opponents. But Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Vandy, whoever, they made 15 and 0 in the opponent stadium. And uh, the closest game, Phil, uh, after 2016, when, when there were some, there was a three point win at Kentucky, and there were close games in, in 2016. Um, and uh, so, so the closest game has been uh, the 14, a 14 to 3 win at Kentucky uh, in the pandemic year, which was odd for that year because of the lack of defense. Kentucky just played their butts off that day, and uh, Georgia won 14-3. to Other than that, they've all been blowouts. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've kicked their teeth in at Tennessee. 62-0 win at Vanderbilt last year, which, you know (laughs) – I think they were trying to one-up Alabama because I think Bama won 62-0 at Vandy previously. Um, you know, they've kicked Missouri's teeth in. They, they, You know, they've beaten Carolina. I mean, uh, you don't think about this. The last two games in Columbia, this uh, series, which it used to be, you know, when they would come to Carolina, uh, it would be on. I mean, yeah. from, from Lou Holtz forward, when the Georgia-South Carolina game was in Columbia – very rarely was it not a Gamecock win or at least a close competitive loss. That includes 08 when Carolina, I thought that was the worst team Spurrier had. Yeah. Uh, and Georgia, I think, was ranked second, third. Uh, Matthew Stafford was a senior, I think, that bunch. 14-7. to seven. Uh, And the Gamecocks fumbled inside the five, which, which happened a lot in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. You know? and typically, you know, my frame of reference and mindset with this game has always been close. But then looking back over the stats over the what past seven years or so, it's like these have mm-hmm. been blowouts. Aside from our win down there in nineteen, yeah, that was the that was the one classic Georgia South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifth, starting with uh, Spurrier's last game against the Dogs, fifty-two to twenty. Georgia kind of ran it up. Uh, they came to Columbia in sixteen. That was a close game, Phil, but. Game Pass were kind of playing from behind the whole game. That was the game actually got moved to Sunday afternoon because of a uh, hurricane warning or something. Yeah. Uh, so it was like 21 7, 21 14. And then Shane Beamer actually drew up an onsides kick return because he was coaching special teams at Georgia at the time. And, and Georgia, Brent Musburger was calling the game. <laughs> Good old Brent. Uh, and Georgia was kind of a, what, an eight point favorite in the ball game. And they, Carolina kicks the onside's kick, and Georgia returns it for a touchdown. And you could hear the Musburger's voice drop like, oh, my God, Georgia just covered. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it was like, so that's 28-14. Carolina played pretty spirited and had their chances. 
down there in 2017. You have Jake Bentley had a wide open receiver. Brian Edwards, I think, streaking. Uh, somebody let a block loose, and they sacked him and stripped him. Uh, and that was that. There was the big 2018 game with a lot of hype. Uh, Carolina got off to a terrible start, battled mm-hmm. back, uh, gave up. Shoot, uh, the, the, the field goal before the half made it 20 to 10. And that gave the dogs a lot of momentum. Next thing you know, Carolina couldn't stop them at all uh, at 41 to 10. And everybody's just sitting there. And that was another one of those. Mm, I wonder if this era of must champ ball is going to work. Kind of right, yeah. <laughs> Very disappointing football game uh, loss that year. Uh, and then 2019, Gamecocks go down there and win. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know, and I'll yeah. I'll remind everybody at, at noon noon kickoffs, Carolina's won the last two. In the yep. mm-hmm. But uh, you know, twenty twenty pandemic year. I think Georgia played a Carolina team with about fifty active players. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought in that game it was it was twenty one nothing pretty quick, and then the Gamecocks made it twenty one ten, and then it was just a an ugly game like a lot of those that year. And then last year, you know, I thought South Carolina got off to a pretty good start. You know, it was a 14 to 6 football game. Uh, Carolina couldn't put it in the end zone, but uh, not a lot of teams did against that defense. Uh, and then things fell apart, like the safety before the half made it 26 6. Georgia scores two more touchdowns, packs it in. Uh, game pass get a garbage touchdown pass to Josh Van to cover the spread. And for a long time last year, that was the most points anybody scored against Georgia. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, so, so this is not, a, and this is this will be important. I think uh, this is on like Shane Beamer's to do list here. I, I think you know, first order of business is you got to turn the Missouri Kentucky series around. Uh, don't lose to Vanderbilt. Um, then turn then turn Tennessee back around. I mean, that, that's a streaky series. Uh, and then, you know, keep on with Florida or whatever and keep pace with Florida. And then uh, in some point, you got to start being competitive in the border border battle again. Yep. You know, that's all there is to it. I mean, uh, it's not that South Carolina through the years has not been good enough to compete in this game, even when Georgia's been really, really good. Their 1980 national championship game, that's, a, that's one of those losses. Uh, George Rogers, I think, fumbled late. The Gamecocks were driving. It was a 13 to 10 football game. Uh, just a classic ball game. Uh, you know, uh, their 02 SEC championship team, that which I'm convinced had Georgia had uh they had a playoff back then, Phil. Yeah. Georgia probably would have won the whole thing in 02. Um, I think they had it matched up well with Miami and Ohio State. Well, that was the David Pollock strip sack <laughs> miracle game. Mm-hmm. I was at that game, there was a 30-minute weather delay. Uh Jeez. And Andrew Pinnock is going in the end zone with about a minute left for Carolina to win, and he fumbles. Brutal. That would have been three straight against the dogs, that one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the 2017 Georgia team that played for the national title, I thought, you know, Carolina gave them a spirited game at Athens that, you know, it was nobody's fault that Kurt Roper was the offensive coordinator. (laughs) Uh, You know, and uh, Game Pass played very hard on defense, but – I, you know, the point is, you know, look, everybody says Georgia's the next Alabama. Maybe they are. Or maybe the Gamecocks have just crapped the bed uh, every time they've, or most of the times they've played them. Now, look, 2020, they were just better. Nothing you could do. Last year, just better. Nothing you can do. Um, This year, they're probably better. 
but I think Carolina's got the horses to at least compete better than they have been uh, in this series, which uh, honestly, uh, since both teams have been in the SEC, Georgia's won 20 to uh, they're, they'll lead the series 20 to 10. Overall, they dominate, dominate. I mean, before that, it was like 33 to nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Carolina has more than half of their wins against Georgia since both schools have been in the SEC. Uh, of course, there was four out of five that Spurrier got. A lot of da 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 da. So there you go on that. That's a little history lesson. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart at some point will lose on the road to an SEC yeah, East team. It will happen. It, yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I think though this year, well, they go, they do go to Kentucky. They go to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think they go. They play Tennessee and Vandy at home. I think they go to Missouri. Yeah, they go to Missouri because Missouri uh, played them out there the week before they played Carolina. So uh, we'll see sort of what happens uh, with all of that. But uh, that's the history, folks. Georgia's coming to this one, a 24-and-a-half point favorite. I think that was at least close to the spread in 2019 when the Gamecocks won. Um, You know, just some other things. You know, we've talked pretty much this week about establishing the run and all that, and and I agree that they have to be – they have to show some balance. But I also think when you look at Georgia, like the one team that got the best of their defense last year uh, was Alabama, and Alabama threw it down the field vertically. Yeah. <laughs> now, they, they scratched out now. Look, I'm not saying Carolina can go out and be Alabama. But if Spencer Rattler's on and the receivers are connecting, um, you know, there's somewhat of a chance. I mean, I, you know, I'd, I'd like it better if they were running Alabama's offense, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. uh, the RPO type of deal. So – but if that you can was, get somebody back behind the defense, which will be a little harder this week than I think it was, you know, last. Yeah. Uh, just because they're a bit quicker uh, in the secondary. But, you know, it, the opportunities will be there to take the shots, you know. Yeah. So. I, and, I, and I think, Phil, like you've been talking about running the football, I, I think you got to set that up a little bit, too. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I, I think you just go out there bombs away. Though, though, I will say this Mississippi State played Georgia, I think, pandemic year. The Pirate. Came into Athens, it was 31-24. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the transitive property doesn't work. It's about matchups and and, and games and, and, you know, feel and momentum and confidence. So much goes into a football game. Uh, but, but it is tempting. I, I think it is tempting if you're Marcus Satterfield and Shane Beamer to say, you know what, everybody's talking about establishing the run. We're going to try to run it creatively and maybe keep them off balance. But we're still going to chuck it down the field. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't abandon that. I mean, you know, you you're going to have to take your shots to win this game. You know, you don't you don't have to get cute. You just need to you know try to get, try to make them run <laughs> way down. Yeah. You know, yeah, get yeah. behind them, send AB down there, and just go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you there, Phil. I mean, just just go see, take your shots. I mean, South Carolina at home last year. Thinking, I was reflecting on this today. <clears throat> At home last year, the Gamecocks, uh, they really didn't get, like, on the road. They got boat raced many times. And, look, they were on their way to a boat racing on Saturday, you know, down 21-3 pretty early in the football game. Came back. Um, But I will say – I will say that – you know, I'll say this. It's it's a situation where – 
uh, you know, you look like I lost my train of thought, Phil. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm just gonna admit it. Sometimes yes. you sometimes you're in this word salad, and you, and you're like you're sitting there searching for it, and you're like, oh god, I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm just gonna Wait, admit it going? right there. Yeah. Now, now now I remember. I had a text come in that distracted me. Mm-hmm. Um. So here's the thing. It, it's uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Okay. So last year at home, <laughs> until the Clemson game, which really. What was that game? 17 nothing at half. Halftime, yeah. It, it was sort down. of a slow bleed. It wasn't, you know, you didn't really feel like Clemson when they went up 17, you kind of felt bad. But you know, early on they went up seven. Cam Smith had the pick. Carolina went nowhere on offense. Uh and if that's the case tomorrow, get out. Uh, you know, yeah. well, I mean, you know, it won't be a long day. Because <laughs> they'll just run the clock out, you know, they'll just yeah. run the ball and the clock will go down and we'll be yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sort of like the Tigers did last year, but uh, the Clemson game got out of hand. But uh, other than that, at home, South Carolina last year was in every game. I mean, and won every one. I think they won. Didn't they win every one but Clemson? No, they lost Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. Lost to Clemson and Kentucky. That Kentucky game was close. I mean, it was definitely winnable. So, uh, right now, at this stage, until we're proving uh, proven otherwise, you know, South Carolina is better under Shane Beamer at home than on the road. Mm-hmm. So we'll see sort of what happens there. Back to the Nana's Porch chat box. Got more rolling on. Uh, Austin says, I'll go by AB like Antonio Brown and Amari and Brown. Yeah. <laughs> AB? That's, that's AB. AB is now your nickname. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got Craiger. Is Harbor allowed to run out of the team Saturday? Or is that – I run out with the team Saturday. Is that a violation? I believe it is because you can't simulate – like you can't have them go through game day experiences like the team simulated. There's some kind of simulation thing that they don't allow. But I think he's um, right down here where they can actually be at field level. Oh yeah, yeah, he they're can't uh, run out. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're the, the recruits are all on the sidelines um, mm-hmm. before during 2001 and all that. Uh, Clint goes. I was there too, JC. Awful finish to that game. Yeah, I was. I was there. Uh, we were in West Upper, the very top, because back then, man, tickets were hard to come by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Lou Holtz, Steve Spur era, like with Georgia and Clemson games like that, it was been almost impossible. I paid for, which then was pretty expensive. I think I paid 178 bucks for two tickets on the last row of West Upper, you know, and, uh, you know, my chunky butt was ch- chunky then. <laughs> Chunky Damn then, Chunky now. Yeah. I was just like, oh, <laughs> you know, I was like, I didn't even want to get up. I don't even think I drank any beer before that game. All right, those um, uppers are a hike, man. That dude, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And then it started pouring down rain and storming <laughs> and lightning, and we couldn't get down. Uh, and it's it's just awful. It was it was just awful. I think I think we just stayed there until it quit raining, you know, mm. at risk of getting struck by lightning. Because we're up there near the light tower uh, and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, that was the deal there. But uh, very disappointing loss uh, for the Gamecocks. I was living in Gainesville, Georgia at the time, working with a bunch of dogs. So, obviously, uh, I was much more disappointed than most of you guys. Right. Um, and that season, you know, at the time, Lou Holtz, you know, 17-7 and seven over, over two seasons. He'd beaten Georgia twice in a row. Uh, you know, you, that team got off to kind of a poor start uh, with New Mexico State, struggled with New Mexico State, went to Virginia, 
and just had a dumpster fire of a ball game and then came back and played Georgia pretty well. You know, and I'll remind people, too, when Georgia's been the third game, there's been times where Carolina's had a bad game two on the road or a, a loss and come back and play Georgia well. Uh, I mentioned 0-2, uh, that crazy loss to Virginia. I mean, 34-21. Uh, I think they threw six interceptions, something like that. Came back, played Georgia tough. 8 the Gamecocks go to Vanderbilt and lose. Mm-hmm. Lose. I mean, that's awful when you when you lose to Vanderbilt on a Thursday night, no doubt. Well, uh, and came back and audience, yeah, yeah, played. I mean, played Georgia and Matt Stafford within fourteen to seven. You know, so sometimes you know, there's been weird game twos, and the Carolina's come and played pretty well. Uh, Craiger says we need at least two turnovers. I agree. South Carolina start getting turnovers, and somebody pointed out on the Bigsport.com today, Phil. Uh, block punts and stopping people on fourth down, those don't necessarily count as turnovers, but they kind of are. Um, so I don't think yeah. all is lost, but interceptions, fumbles, they haven't been coming the Gamecocks way. Nope. Uh, great ball security by Georgia State with the exceptional one pass and Arkansas first two games. Chauncey, Chauncey, no one has been able to run the ball on Georgia, so I don't see how we will be able to do it. If we're going to win this game, it's because the defenses forces defense forces turnovers and Rattler goes off. That's a fair analysis. I'll remind you that Georgia has played Oregon and Sanford. Yeah, that's a, we really don't know, you know, entirely about the Georgia defense. Other than we know they're good. I mean, that's obvious at this point. But yeah, you know, I mean, you don't know if you can run the ball on them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know how they are, and I tend to agree. You know, it's going to be tough sledding because the game mm-hmm. guys couldn't really run it against Georgia State and certainly couldn't against Arkansas. But, you know, yeah. Phil, one of the scoring drives on Saturday against the Hogs, and this just kind of – this drives me crazy too because I'm looking for way more rhythm and balance in the in the, in the called plays. You know, mm-hmm. I, I you know they had one, one, one drive where they – in the first half, they scored a field goal. They just they, they had hit the screen pass to Lloyd, and then they ran like four straight screen passes. <laughs> and uh, and you know, and, and then in this one, you know, the, the the drive for the touchdown before the half, Carolina got no passing yards. It was all rushing and penalty yardage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first mm-hmm. touchdown of the game. So they have been able to run it down the field at times. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see, sort of, you know, what happens there. We're going to get to a break because. Uh, we got Nana Sports chat boxers blow it up. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, the first hour is dedicated to you guys right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. 
Sear Voss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back, everybody. The uh, Inside the Gamecocks is, of course, brought to you by Manscaped. Remember, 20% off and free shipping with the code Big Spur. First hour of the show, obviously, brought to you by Sydney Searfoss. Searfoss Realty, Coldwell Banker Kane. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate all the uh, love that y'all are showing all our sponsors. So uh, it really does a lot of good for us and hopefully we'll keep continuing on especially the manscape yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's a good deal 
for us there. Definitely uh, is. And we got yeah, Christmas definitely. coming up too, so that'd be yeah. A good got Christmas. Get get, get those Christmas gifts ready yeah. to go. You know, uh, rocking and rolling. Um. All right. So, uh, Chancey. All right. So, Nana Sports chat box rolls on. Got a lot of iHealth Consulting mailbag today too on Twitter and through the email. Twisted Chicken goes. I really don't understand the negativity coming from the fan base. No one has picked us to beat Arkansas. No one picked us to beat Georgia. We knew the chances of going one and two were very probable. I agree. Uh, I I think it's not so much that it's happened. I think it's and, and we're not done with the Georgia game is to be played. Carolina's one and one. You know, I think it's how it's happened. There's been a lot of you know that that. Uh, you know, inability to run the football, uh, you know, herky-jerky offense system-wise, rhythm-wise. Um, defense can't stop the run. You know, I, I think it's more how they, the, the themes of losing. <laughs> it is, you know, yeah, the themes uh, that, you know, know, from last year too, JC. It's like, I think that's the thing that really gets it. It's like, oh, goodness, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, getting getting down 21 to 3 on the road and letting things snowball before you really start playing. Yeah. Um, those are all the things I think that maybe people are a little frustrated about because, they're you know, you, you go through a whole off season and you expect some change and everybody's talking about change and improving aspects of your program. And then you come back, it's like, well, okay, we got Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells now so we can score a little more. But that's really all that's changed in the Arkansas mm-hmm. game. You know, I, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I thought as far as – that but but no as far as being super negative look i'm gonna say this south carolina could actually realistically no bs be seven and two going to the swamp later late in the season yeah there, there's no there's no way i mean there's no question that they could be no i mean it, it, that's yeah i don't understand why you know there's a lot of doom and gloom out there uh you know it's still early in the season and yeah, this team is different from last year's team <laughs> So take heart, you know, it was like, you got, I think, uh, I think we've upgraded just about across the board at every position, Um, you know, an O-line, of course, that year of experience should play a little bit better. And they did, you know, I mean, they did play incrementally better than they did the week before. So, you know, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. We're one and one. You could wake up Monday morning, two and one, you know, (laughs) crazier things have happened. Hey, I'll say this. Shane Beamer. It is one year and two games here. The Gamecocks have never had a losing record. Like last year, they never <laughs> fell below 500. <laughs> so, you know, crazier things have happened. <laughs> Keep the faith. Do I need yeah. to play? Do I need to play some Bon Jovi here? Yeah. <laughs> Keep the faith. Uh, right. but, but yeah, so, so I get you there, Twisted Chicken. I'm just trying to explain kind of that. All right, Jared says, Am I the only one thinking the way Shane pronounces on is criminal? Like How does own, he own? It's almost like own. <laughs> yeah, not. Well, he, he's from Southwest own. Virginia. He, he has a little funny accent stuff in there. Yeah, it's a little know, different. Yeah, I was listening to his press conference yesterday. I was like, yeah, oh, he's got that weird accent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's it sounds good, but it's like he'll 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 got he has some, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, he pronounces some things a little bit different. So, hey, look, mm-hmm. Southwest Virginia. That's probably that's probably just. Uh, the accent from where where he came from. 
I'm from Spartanburg. Sometimes my accent comes through. <laughs> That's usually after a few Budweiser's. <laughs> Actually, I don't drink Budweiser anymore. But uh, you know, a few, a few, a few cold ones. Right? How about that? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'll go from hi, how are you? To hey, you doing? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet it's really um, pronounced up there in your neck of the woods too. <laughs> Oh, I make fun of their accent. Oh, well, I, I had them off. I'm like, yeah, how's it going? Beef sandwich. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't talk like that. Well, Nat says that. Anyway, Clint <laughs> says it's annoying, Jared. And Jared had to get that off his chest. <laughs> Own. Uh, Craig. Craiger. Uh, ben, I don't think, goes to press conferences anymore, Craiger. Because he kind of works for us and does game breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Ben. I think that's somebody else. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, he said yes, and Jared listening to Ben Brighter, blah, 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 blah. Quantrell says, back to football here. I think, quit talking about how people talk. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I think if we try to commit to the run, plus throw the ball to Jaheim Bell, we have a shot. Wouldn't mind RP, more RPO with Rattler either. I like the RPOs yep. last week. I like the RPOs this week. I think they're – Hard to stop. I just contra. I don't know how much of that's in the playbook. I think there's there is some. I know that for a fact. But they're just not a real heavy RPO team, which uh, you know I, I have mixed feelings about it because when when Kurt Roper and Brian McClendon went RPO heavy, but then did not have like a backup plan, right? <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's like you know you got out you get out schemed in the fourth quarter by Todd Grantham two years in a row. Uh, that says something, yeah. um, you know, so I, I don't know that I was a fan, but, but I watch, I see how Alabama does it. And I think with a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, that's probably something that could work. I actually think it could work with a Luke Doty too. You could, you tag the quarterback run onto it, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I don't know how much RPO they have. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Clint says, I wouldn't hate seeing some eye formation with Twitter or Atkins at fullback. Agreed. I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. Craiger says, if we ever run a five-yard out on first down to stay ahead of the chains, we never throw quick out routes. I know. And that's weird because, like, quick game is something they work with. The spring game was a lot of, like, they'll, they'll throw that receiver screen. But, you know, a little yeah. quick out, I don't know. Um. Jan says, uh, Craig, a recruit, can't take part in the team's entrance into the stadium or the Gamecock walk. Craig says, cool. Twisted chicken. I want to see more blitzes, twists, and stunts on defense. We hear a lot about aggressive defense, but I've not seen it. Well, I don't know about it against these guys, you know, twisted, because what they're going to do, if you blitz them, uh, Stetson Bennett's going to just throw a little flare pass out to Mm -hmm. Kenny McIntosh, and he's going to be running all the way to Athens. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think I think on, on passing downs and look last week they did mm-hmm. one time one time good God they zero blitzed Arkansas had a guy wide open and he dropped it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were know, lucky on that play because I, I was like, oh, it's a touchdown. oh, he dropped yeah, it. He dropped <laughs> it. So Clint <laughs> says, uh, yeah. So you got to be careful with when you when you blitz. I, I I will say this. I did think at the toward the end of last season. Um, in certain games, like Clemson, you know, I thought the defense played kind of, you know, less aggressive as the year went on. Uh, Missouri as well. And I don't know whether that's because, 
you know, I kind of thought that because those teams were having such success running the ball in a surprising manner. Um, I was shocked Clemson lined up and ran it. Like, I was expecting a score in that Clemson game, Phil. And I picked the game cost to win because I was like, probably not going to have a chance to do this for a while. Of course, I didn't know they were going to get Juice Wells and Spencer Rattler and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I picked the game cost to win. But I, I really expected a game similar to Clemson's game against Iowa State in the uh, Cheez-It Bowl, the yeah. illustrious Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, it was 20 to 13. Clemson won the game. Uh, Iowa, but their offense didn't do much, and Clemson, you know, Iowa State wasn't going to do much against Clemson's D. But uh, I kind of expected that kind of game. I expected Carolina's D to have a good game against them, and they just didn't. No, and, yeah, and you, did. you, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, that's but, and you never know with the injuries that we've had. You know, to Strawn and uh, Mo last week what it's actually going to look like i think you know because you're going to have gilbert edmund in there playing a bit more he's more of a true pass rusher than he is a run defender so mm-hmm. there may be some more aggressive play calling in that regard uh you just got to be disciplined and don't don't let you know stetson get out of the pocket you got to contain him because he can he can throw on the run yeah <laughs> throw it all over the yard <laughs> uh clint says yeah you got to contain him definitely yeah. uh Clint says, we won't hit a bunch of big runs, but if we can get three or four yards per carry, I'll be happy. We have to mix it up, too. Don't just run on first down. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, J-Rock says, I formation with Trey Jones. Not going to do that. Well, they've already said, Satterfield said publicly he's not going to do that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know that Trey probably, uh, if things continue, <laughs> on the offensive line like they're doing, I don't know that Trey won't be needed to start up front. Yeah, throw him into the rotation. Yeah. <laughs> Owen, all right. So Clint, so there's more on the Shane Beamer on thing. Owen. Owen. Yeah. Owen. Yeah. Owen. 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 Owen, bring me my pills. I need my pills. Owen. I'm gonna kill you, Owen. All right. So that was the throw mama from the train <laughs> reference. We've digressed. The Nana Sports chat box gets me in trouble. It it's sends like, us down I didn't wake up this morning going, I think I'm going to throw a, a throw mama from the train reference into this <laughs> show today. Owen! Owen! <laughs> that was one of the greatest characters of all. A very underrated movie. Oh, yeah. Owen! Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, Jan says Shane is a South Carolinian born in Charleston. He should have a Geechee accent. Uh, Craig says, sorry, it's been Portnoy that stammers through his terrible rambling questions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I can't identify. I know Cloninger. We've had Cloninger on the show. I know his voice and he always gets the first question. Yep. Yep. I can uh, usually pick out Hale when he asks a question too. Uh, yeah. My guys, Hale and mm-hmm. Hale and, and Whittle, I can pick out the rest of them. Don't ever know. Big <laughs> slamma jamma. Big slamma jamma. I hope you got your barbecue stuff and, uh, your, your, Whatever, whatever, what do we send you? We sent him a hat. It's a prize package. Yeah, we <laughs> sent you a hat. Yeah, because you won the the Sawyer Knicks contest. Um, he says, notice a couple of times when Rattler got pressure and tried to dump it off the running back, but the running back was looking downfield. Were those just blown screens or setups for blocking? Could have been big gains. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. It's probably mm-hmm. somebody not knowing what to do, which at this point does not surprise me. Neither they were coming a little faster than they kind of figured, though, too. Because yeah, I don't know. You yeah. got to be careful there, you know. So uh, Xavier says Shane pronounces with 
an eye like the middle, like oin. 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 We're going to go in. Go on. Point. I don't know. I, hell, I got to go listen to that now. I, <laughs> I've never noticed it. I, I've noticed sometimes he'll he'll go uh like he'll go like sup like if he if he, if he was pronouncing the word supper he'll go supple or something like that like it's got a uh to it but maybe it's, it's kind of a mismatch of you know accents really yeah, not, like, you can't pin it down to any one region. First, first, that makes sense because he's been all over the damn country. Yeah, yeah Joseph <laughs> says, "Who are your breakout players this week on offense and defense?" Phil, give me, give me your take. Oh, let's see, offense. I'm gonna say, uh, what do I want to say? Well, you know what? I want to say that it will be uh, Nate Atkins. We're gonna see more Nate Atkins this week, and on defense, I think, uh, I don't know, Sherrod Green. Sherrod Green. Um, I'm going offense. Josh Van, mm. home state school, Tucker, yeah. Georgia kid. And defense, I am going to go. Hmm. I'm going to go uh, TJ Sanders. Well, I like that. That's a good pick. Um, I now now look before people panic and think I'm hearing inside information that Boogie, no, right. <laughs> the Boogie's out. If I know Boogie's questionable, so you know I, I think you, you may see old TJ Sanders flash a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Hunter, back to the Shane Owen Owen thing. Uh, that's Virginia's in his blood. And Jared said, "Sorry, my comments have sabotaged the chat. You should be ashamed of yourself, Jared." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, Jared B. Take some lashes for that. So Jared, maybe your nickname will be Jared Biltcoin. Or maybe we'll just call you Sabotage. Like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> By the way, that's the best, one of the best videos of all time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Back to football, J-Rock goes, if we can get consistent, we can have, we have the offense to attack Clemson's D much differently from last year. Honestly, if the offense hits its stride, I believe they can score on anyone. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's like Shane said, he's not wrong that they have NFL running backs, NFL tight ends, NFL receivers, and an NFL quarterback. Notice he didn't say NFL offensive line. But I guarantee you one of those guys will be in the league. I, oh, yeah. Individually, I think mm-hmm. they're fine. Um, Chris says, going back to Arkansas, it looked like K.J. Jefferson fumbled out of the end zone in the fourth quarter. What did you think? It was close. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, you know, it's one of those where it's like if you had uh, universal cameras looking at it, you could probably call it. But I, I, I agree with the stands as called. You know, I'm glad it wasn't confirmed. But uh, I think the the right decision there was made. Stands as called. Stands as called. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, you know, things like that are kind of judgmental. I mean, I, I you know, I thought. I thought the officiating that game was okay. I, I thought that uh, that crap with the chains early on. That really, uh, oh, just yeah, the hell out of me. Still made that point early. I think it hurt the rhythm mm-hmm. of the offense. The offense was going out there and getting lathered up, and then you're just like, what, what the heck's going on there? I thought the safety was a bogus call, too. I didn't like that call. No, I'll that, be honest. That yeah. was a bogus call. Bogus call. Um, cause he, he yeah, it, it, it was really, yeah. Even the announcer said that was a bad call. It, it kind of sucked. Um, Austin AB says Jalen Brooks has two touchdowns, hundred plus yards. Green gets his payback against Georgia. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go in there with a chip on your shoulder, man. Hunter Dang. John. 
Hunter Johnson says uh, Jalen Brooks or Jaheim Bell could have big games this weekend. Um, Nugget goes. Nugget Boom. That's a, we don't have to give him a nickname. No, no, he's got Nugget one. Nugget says from Shane's press conference, it sounds like Jan, Van has just been outplayed in private, so that's why he hadn't seen as much production. Shane did not sugarcoat it. Yeah, he's been in the game. He just hasn't been targeted mm-hmm. uh, a lot, and the times they've dialed it up for him, he hadn't made the play. And Look, I, I have no doubt, Nugget, that uh, Jalen Brooks and Juice Wells are outplaying him in practice. Probably so. And, in, and, in, and thus, they are outplaying him in games. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he came back. He's a good player. And, you know, you kind of just worry if he's been passed and doesn't get as many opportunities. You know, he, he could have probably gone pro. I don't know if he'd have gotten drafted last year or not. Maybe sixth, seventh round if he ran well at the combine. Um, he comes back and then he, you know, maybe doesn't have such a good year statistically. It's going to be harder. And he just had a kid. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like these guys so, have personal lives too, and he's a new father. I mean, you know, I've been there. I know what that impact is like. So, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it definitely takes away from your professional life. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, it's, it's, uh, so I hope he gets on track, but, uh, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, uh, as far as, you know, it depends on who you're talking about outplaying him too. I mean, you know, Juice and, uh, Juice and, J- Juice and Jalen, the JJ crew. Uh, those guys have been good. They needed to be the triple J because they need to get Jaheim. Jaheim Juice, yeah, that's the right. offense. That's right. But yeah, at least he's not being outplayed by mediocrity. No, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, those guys are playing at a high level right mm-hmm. now. Uh, so, Chancy, I think Gilbert Edmonds going to have a nice game this weekend in his first start. Gilbert's got some tools, man. I mean, just mm-hmm. because he was like a low three, high two star late addition to recruiting. I mean, there's a reason those guys went and got him late and flipped him from the South Florida Bulls. Um, from Fort Pierce, Florida, home of Khalil Mack. Hmm. Khalil Mack was an under-the-radar recruit down there, too. He went to the University of Buffalo. Turned out all right. Turned out okay. So, um, I like Gilbert. I think Gilbert's played better than I thought he would this year. I mean, honestly, yeah. when he's been in the game. Uh, they need Terrell Dawkins to come in and do some things, too, uh, yeah. the transfer from NC State. Uh, J-Rock says, I think A.B. has his coming out party this week on offense. Hey, look, man, he's close. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. I mean, you know, in, in my – I was – I griped all year last year because they didn't throw him a deep ball at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they finally did – in Arkansas, they finally did. You know, that finally happened multiple times, and they didn't connect. So, it shows how much I know. But, <laughs> hell, I'd keep firing it. At him. I just uh, yeah, keep well, firing nope. it up to him. It's going to happen he, if you keep doing it. Don't abandon it. Oh, God, he's you know? too fast. When he has man coverage, he can get by just about anybody if he can get off the line and all that. Um, and it was more Spencer Rattler being off than anything Amari did, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I think Amari got open. Yeah. Um, Jared says, can we have successful – can we be successful running empty backfield sets? History hasn't been on our side. What's the thinking behind the formation? Well, I'm, I don't think they need to go empty as much as they've been. Um, I think that pretty much tells the defense you're going to pass. I think Georgia, if Georgia wants, can get pressure with three and drop eight uh, if uh, if the game costs go empty. I don't know how, what kind of a solution that would be. Um, maybe show empty and then bring the running back back in the backfield. Look yeah, at the pots and then make a, a little bit, yeah. You know, I mean, there's other things you can do. I mean, I don't hate it, 
I, I just uh, sometimes when it happens, I don't quite understand it. Spurrier went empty a few times too in his career at Carolina, like several times, you know. Mm-hmm. But 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 you know, Phil, when you're trying to defend that offense, you're trying to defend what the heck he's going to dial up on the sidelines. Um, and all that. I, I think with this offense, you're just like, oh, go attack the point of attack and you see if we can get pressure with three drop eight, and it's easy. So um, but to answer your question, Jared, I don't think I don't I don't think that's a recipe for success for the rest of the year. You can throw it in. I mean, people teams use it all the time. I mean, yeah. but is it their not as their base offense? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> not as their base, unless you're Texas Tech or, or, well, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Unless you're Mississippi State, and then the Pirate doesn't care. No. He, you know, he, he's going to run that little draw play about 10, 12 times a game to keep defenses honest. And otherwise, he's in five one. We're just going to throw the ball. <laughs> so, and it's a, it's, it's actually working at Mississippi state right now. I'm yeah. kind of surprised that the air raid and the leech air raid has worked as well as it has, but it is, it is, it is, um, against most teams. Crager goes JJ dynamite, Ryan, <laughs> what is up with Bill Smith? He's back. He was healthy. He got in once they, they threw him a screen pass. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, didn't turn around or whatever for it. And that was it. Uh, Xavier says, I kind of wish we had the Charlotte and SC state game before Georgia and Arkansas the offense to learn its rhythm agreed it's always more ideal to play weaker competition toward the beginning of the season because mm-hmm. uh, you don't have and, and uh, people talk about steve spurrier at florida and and look in fairness to him he only lost one opener at south carolina and that was that a&m game so they got off to pretty good starts at carolina too but at florida he had the perfect schedule He'd play the Little Sisters of the Poor. He'd play, you know, Sister <laughs> Sister Peter Marie's School of Manners and just <laughs> run it up on them. She, we should beat him by about four or five touchdowns, right? <laughs> and uh, and then they go play Tennessee. You know, meanwhile, sometimes Tennessee would go play UCLA, somewhere like that. You know, they'd usually beat Tennessee because they'd be clicking. On, they would be clicking on offense. I, mm-hmm. You know, but it's also hard for me right now that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at this offense through, you know, 15 football games worth of data and, and, and stuff. And I'm not so sure getting in a rhythm even, you know, because they change so much week to week and stuff. I don't I don't know if that will help or not. I mean, Carolina played, what, uh, Troy and Vandy last year. Yeah. Didn't help them go on the road against Tennessee. And, Still, yeah, right no you identity know. established you know, moving uh, forward. Of course, I think I think Troy and Vandy are probably significantly better than Charlotte and South Carolina State. I mean, I, that, those South Carolina State's kind of disappointed me a little bit this year with the way they competed against UCF, uh, the worst fake punt of all time. Mm. Um, and Charlotte, Will Healy is supposed to be a coaching prodigy. Um, he lost by seventeen to William and Mary at home. They're they're just getting blown out. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not even competing. Mm-hmm. So when they come to Columbia, it's not going to be probably not going to be pretty. But uh, I agree. And then you take it on the road to Kentucky. I I, I think the two, uh, to your point here, uh, Xavier, South Carolina does have a lot of what what were they you know they got a lot of good players out of the portal and and older players out of the portal and younger players out of the portal. Um, they do have some new guys in key spots that are getting used to playing with each other. 
and you can't really simulate a game. And look, this is not an excuse, okay, for what happened last week or anything. Because um, defense, the defense shouldn't, they've all, most of them have all been together except Devontae Reed. But, uh, you know, so getting in, getting in sync with everybody, sometimes, it, I mean, that's why they have uh, preseason football games with the pros and scrimmages, and you have jamborees in high school and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you can kind of get coordinated with guys against the live bullets. That doesn't happen in college football. Unfortunately, you know, the SC State game with their style of defense did not afford the Gamecocks that opportunity, nor did Arkansas, nor will Georgia. Mm-hmm. These last two games, maybe. And ultimately, we may end up seeing, you know, the uh, an, an advantage toward the end of the year playing what could potentially be two top five teams at the end of the year at the beginning of your schedule. Because here we yes. are. It, it was, you know, baptism by fire last week, and you got it coming in at your own home <laughs> this week. Yeah. But hey, but now after this week, that's behind you. And, you know, you get the two get right games <laughs> and then you move forward to Kentucky, get, get back into conference. <laughs> get right games. Get right. Uh, Hunter John saving Christian Bill Smith for Saturday. Rattler will connect on some of those deep balls, especially if you can make the safety stare in the backfield. True. Mm-hmm. James goes, why not run Brown on Clint quick stamp and little uh, quick slants in space? He's likely the fastest on the field. I think in a straight line, he's fastest on the field. I think in space, I'd rather have Wells or, 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 uh, Brooks catch it, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I'll say this because of Brown's size, uh, he did have a little one like a dig or something. He called an eighteen yard. He dove and got it, um, but you know unless you clear out, and, and, and you know you don't want Amari and Brown matched up against one of the Georgia linebackers. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's got concussion uh, road all over it. <laughs> Chris goes, after the bowl game by Jaheim in the passing game, I'm surprised he's been a non-factor this year. I think it's time to get him out of the backfield. I don't think you completely abandon that, but I don't like it being a staple of the offense uh, when you're not using him in the passing game. And then, you know, I, I, you never know what Satterfield actually means when he when he talks to the media, but he goes that sometimes it's just easier to give him the ball. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what's easier or not easier. It matters what works and what has worked. And Jaheim Bell, uh, if he gets runs the right play, you know, usually uh, it works. Uh, Jared says, I don't think five wide's effective either, but it seems like Sad is in love with empty sets. Yeah, that's something we didn't see last year, so who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Hunter John seems like uh, receivers can't catch the close passes. There's been almost 10 drops through two games within 10 yards. Yeah, but he's been errant. Um, a little bit. J Rock says, "Do y'all think DK gets to start a quarterback one game this year to throw off the opposing team?" I don't see how you take Rattler off the field for that. No, I don't um, think he gets to start. To start. A game. Yeah, but I mean, a package for to carry on, I, I can see. easily see that. You know, but uh, but let him throw it. Don't just run it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't just run it. Um, Andrew, my boy, says, uh. He's a football. Keep in mind, Andrew played football. Uh, Fumbling through the end zone, being a touchback is the worst rule in football. The opposing team gets the ball when they never recovered. It makes no sense. Ball should be placed at the spot of the fumble. Yeah, you know, because there's some sometimes too where you just hate it for the player. You know, and Mm. maybe maybe their knees down and they drop and then they end up, you know, fumble. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with him. I, I don't like the touchback rule. Uh, yeah, what, wherever the spot of the fumble is, it should be brought back. Because yeah. it just, you know, you just never know. Because yeah. it could have been something like, what if they'd have ruled the one Saturday a fumble? That's just a fluky play. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, it's not like they're doing anything. Um, <laughs> J-Rock says, I'm not saying start DK the whole game initially to take advantage of the defense early, then send Rattler in to keep the foot on the gas pedal. Uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. You know, I, I like to carry on as a quarterback and as a potential starter, but I think his offensive style is probably different than what you're going to do with Rattler. So starting a game of, I, I mean, maybe you don't do it against Georgia. And I, I don't know. Then there's that whole thing with, all right, so Rattler's not the starting quarterback for this game. I mean, you know, and I, I don't know. Uh, I'm for the, 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 I think if to carry on, I like to carry on Jordan a lot better quarterback than receiver. I'll just say that. Uh, power comes back. Will Healy is way overhyped, JC. Mm-hmm. Came in with a lot of hype and talk, but when the rubber reads the road, his actual coaching is very questionable. Yeah, I I, 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 I thought what he did at Austin P was great because they were awful. But, but the job he's done at Charlotte, I just don't know. It's just not. And look, a lot of coaches told me when that Charlotte job opened, uh, like they wanted it. Like Mike Houston had it and, and then went to East Carolina. East Carolina's a little better job. Um, but a lot of coaches that, that I know well kind of covet that Charlotte job. They, they'd love to have it. Um, a lot of players there, a lot of recruits South Carolina. It's a big school. But Will Healy is not. How old I is mean, that program? He beat Duke. Ah, it's probably it's about the same age as uh, Georgia State. Georgia State. I know they're not. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. about a decade or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> South Carolina's like got uh, their non-conference schedule. This year, they should call it friends and neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> they had a team from Atlanta, a team from Charlotte, a team from the Upstate, and a team from Orangeburg. <laughs> friends and neighbors, <laughs> non-conference. Uh, Xavier says, "Well, that's a good compliment for old Phil. Phil oh. seems to be an X's nose guy. Maybe have a segment where he breaks down play by play once a week." I've been watching a lot of football, Xavier. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll have like Phil's play of the day. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, here's one down. that worked, and here's one that didn't, and this is why. <laughs> Rakeem goes, "Why not let Amos be our power back? Easier for opponents to defend our run game when they know our backs want to hit the sidelines, especially with Bill Smith not fully healthy." I, I'm forgiving Amos some carries. Yeah. It's just really hard for me, Rakeem to sit there and fault Marshawn Lloyd when there's no damn room to run. And I don't, you know, sometimes when they, when they block it, there's these tight formations and stuff. And I, I was worried about that in the spring and I got tattooed by everybody. Uh, You know, I was like, the one thing I'm worried about, it doesn't look like the guys have enough room to run with because, and I think the problem's formationally. And, And look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's maybe I'm just not seeing the right thing. And maybe it's missed blocks, but the quote I got from a source this week inside the program was people are blaming our O line for things that aren't their fault. And I see there's no room to run. So so what what's the deal? You know, what's the deal there? I know perimeter blocking was an issue against Georgia State. I thought tackling was the biggest fundamental issue against Arkansas. That's on defense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. But Rakeem, Rakeem, to your point. I am all for letting Rashad Amos get carries. I mean, you know, especially if, like you said, you know, they say Bill Smith's healthy and came in, came in for a play the other week. How healthy is he really? If he can give you that kind of spark, wouldn't you have played him? Um, And Rashad always seems to make yards when he's in. 
What would be interesting would be to see him in, uh, you know, like an I formation or, you know, just with a full, with Jaheim as fullback, you know, and, and that's your, you know, little taste. Everybody thinks Jaheim's going to get the football, let him be the lead blocker and then, you know, send that big body right up through behind him. You know, I don't know. Just you get, get a little creative. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't get too creative. Man. No, no, no. Cause yeah, you get cute at that point and that's when yeah. <laughs> things uh, and, go wrong. <laughs> and Craiger makes the final point of the hour from the Nanosport chat box. Yep. Marshawn always seems to have a D lineman in the backfield on his runs. Yeah. And the same dang thing happened last year. Yep. It's, it's ridiculous. They don't block for that kid better or that the plays that they run for that kid are, aren't designed. I mean, I, you just, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just, uh, I don't know. It's like bad luck. Just run a bad luck. Yeah, You want to kind of say that, but I mean, eventually scheme and and play calling comes into that. Exactly. True. All right. That is the end of our number one. Boo. That flew by Phil. Yeah, it did, man. We're rocking and rolling today. Rocking and rolling today. Inside the Game Crisis show, don't forget the Bradford Files are coming up. That's right. Jimmy's in the waiting room. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to uh, get Phil to tell you more about Manscaped after the top of the hour. Then we're going to get into the I Help Consulting mailbag more than Nana Sports chat box. And then JB will join us when, Phil, at uh, 1230? Oh, no, he's actually here now. We're going to have him, it uh, looks like, for the whole hour. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. What a nice surprise. Oh, that's a nice surprise, isn't it, Phil? Um, okay. But we're, we're, chat boxers don't go anywhere. We're, we're going to get you interacted with Jamie here. Um, and I guess we'll just maybe put the mailbag off till tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, we'll mailbag tomorrow. This week, it's been tough. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a lot to get through. All right, Jamie Bradford, Bradford Files, coming up on the other side, inside the Game Passes show, back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a Dyer Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 
Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? This is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil. And Welcome back to the show, everybody. As always, we are sponsored by Manscaped. Don't forget, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. And second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgess team at Rebacks by the Lake down there in the low country for all of your commercial real estate needs. Welcome in, JB. Well, good afternoon, fellas. How you doing? I apparently am supposed to be shaving my head to be a part of this broadcast. I will not do that. <laughs> this is yeah, uh, unbelievable. Uh, what in the world uh, is happening? Phil, you need to lend JV your J, J, JC your razor. That's right. Yeah. No, I do it out of necessity. Mine's growing back. I see that. It got to be like almost like a mop. And I was like, because I ran my mouth, you know. Uh, in early August, I was like, I'm not cutting my hair till the Gamecocks lose. And then I no. uh, I was like, well, I was looking for silver linings after the game. And I was like, well, hey, get to cut this hair off. Yeah, <laughs> hey, well, for what it's worth, my cousin uh, coaching the uh, mighty uh, Mount Pleasant 12U Bulldogs football team last night, they were playing the best team in the league. He said, guys, if you score 21 points, I'll take the whole team to IHOP. They scored 22. Go, we're going to IHOP. He goes, no, I said, if you scored 21. (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, man, that's wrong, man. (laughs) IHOP gets pricey, man. I've been in there with four people before and spent $78. And I'm like, 
Hey, this chick's omelet. Yeah. And she that was before egg. they ordered. They ordered one in Jason. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's me. I'm like, here, you got to have a bunch of IHOP. Give me the blueberry pancakes and a patty melt and onion ring. No. Yeah, <laughs> IHOP doesn't like hold it. a candle to my to my my Joey's up in Maggie Valley. Oh. pancakes in the world. I've been there, dude. Like last time I was in Maggie Valley, I swear to God, I was there. Probably. It's been there I forever. There. Yeah, it's really good. That's pancakes. Well, Jamie. Um, Speaking of pancakes, not a lot of those happening. We're going to need a few more of those this weekend. We need more flapjacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Flapjacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, you, me and you talked yesterday. I, I mentioned briefly just some of your your points uh, from the game last Saturday. Uh, kind of going to let you expand on those, you know, about the Arkansas game. And, you know, I think we pretty much are in agreement. Arkansas, uh, I think, just looking around the SEC through two games for every team, I think they're pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And when Michael's on on Friday, he's going to probably tell you even more of that. I mean, they just, you know, first and foremost, they have an identity. And I think we talked about some of this last week. and. I was on with Bill on Monday morning, and I mentioned it to him. I I think I mentioned 12 teams in the league that have offensive identities, and one of the two I didn't mention were us. And I think the other one I just forgot to mention, they have an identity too. So, I mean, it's – I I like what Sam Pittman has done there. So, I give them a ton of credit, not just in how they beat us, but who who they are as a program. I mean, Barry Odom has a system. He runs it. It works. Kendall Bryles has a system – he runs it and he changes the system or alters, you know, what he needs to alter to to fit their personnel. We we don't know who the hell we are. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's like one day we wake up and want to put a hat on. One day, you know, we want to wake up and gel our hair. One day we want to shave our whole bodies. I mean, we, you know, it's like, it's like that guy, you know, like who is this guy? Um, and 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 I, I think it's I, the word I've been using is disappointing because it's year two in the same system, and that was something that even as as bad as it was at times last year for multiple reasons, you know, using, you know, a bunch of different quarterbacks, new system, the whole nine yards, uh, you, you felt like when you upgrade your talent, you keep your offensive line intact, you go into year two, it's going to be better. And we can only judge this season off of what we've seen, which is eight quarters of football. And there are some things that there are certainly there to like, but – but then there's a lot of stuff that's just more of the same, you know, quote unquote, same old song and dance. You know, you can't stop the run on defense, can't run the football on offense. And when you can't do those two things, you just can't win in this league. Um, when, when at a high level in this league, right? I mean, I, I like where Carolina is when you look at them versus Vandy this year and versus Missouri. Of course, that can change between now and then too. But you can't take a step up in the SEC until you beat the big dogs. And, you know, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of blue collar games. There's a lot of toss up games on the schedule. And, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to kind of figure out who they are and what they're trying to be and get that right before they can start winning some of those games, clearly starting on Saturday. Talking with Jamie Bradford, pull this up uh, from J-Rock right here. Um he said, like Coach Beamer and Sadabo said, we need to be multiple on offense. We can move from five wide empty to eye formation to option, et cetera, and really keep defenses off balance. I, I agree with, with, with having a lot. You know, I, I agree with that in theory because, you know, Steve Spurrier's playbook was probably not as big as Marcus Satterfield's, but he was a, he had a lot of imagination. 
Um, he would take his stuff, modify it, run it out of like it was like Waffle House hash browns, really. I mean, he would do like 17 yeah. different ways, right? <laughs> Scattered, um, smothered, and covered. Yeah, it was, it was the same thing. And and what the masterful part of that was, and I hate to keep going back to Coach Spurrier because he's one of the best of all time, but that's the standard, right? You want to be a good play caller, you know, that's the standard. And, and that's the standard that was set here. I, I don't expect anybody to ever be as bright-minded and good as him, but you can at least get to the point where, you know, you, you take some traits away from some of the better play callers. And so the better play callers, um, I'm not talking about offensive. Now this offensive coordinator coordinating the offense, building an offense, structuring an offense, th that's mm -hmm. different than in-game play calling. You know, they're able to kind of use their bag of, not bag of tricks, but their, you know, their, their tools. Uh, and, and, and it kind of becomes a little bit of a, an art form to kind of get it done. Uh, I thought very few times last year, South Carolina did that. Uh, I thought the bowl game in the first half was one. And it wasn't that the carry on hit a long pass to Jaheim or, uh, or, or whatever, but the second long pass to Jaheim was a great call. Um, it, it just seemed like South Carolina was in a flow. You, you would see him run off tackle right. for five. Well, then they'd go and they'd, hit the little flare pass to Juju for whatever. And then Juju, I mean, you know, they kept North Carolina off balance. It just, it just hasn't happened very often. Uh, and I think when you, when you try to do too much, uh, the kids, I don't want to say confused, but it's, it, it's like a Jack of all trades, master of none. Um, and, and that's the deal. I, I look, and no problem uh, running different formations and different stuff and being creative and all that. I respect that. I think that's exactly what Carolina needs to do, but it's not an equalizer unless you get in some sort of rhythm, uh, not only as a play caller, but with your quarterback and everybody else on game day. Well, create creativity. Creativity is generally that term is used broadly, but it, but it generally should be used in play calling. Like you, you need to be creative with your play calling um, you don't have to necessarily be to so creative with your playbook, if that makes sense. Now, I mean, don't mi misunderstand me. Marcus Satterfield's forgotten more football than than I'll ever know. So, you know, I I'm not – this isn't me. I'm a nobody, man. I Getting behind a mic and a camera and trying to tell everybody what we should and shouldn't do and this, that, and the other. Like, that's, that's not what this is going to be about. It's just going to be what I've seen through my eyeballs when you compare that to, to what you've seen in the past, guys who've done it well. And then, you know, when you try to speak with people who know more than you, which is what I try to do, so this is an informed conversation, mm -hmm. uh, you know, th then you can actually have a little bit of an idea of what's happening out there and, and of course, what isn't happening. Um, you know, I kind of go back to something you just kind of touched on, right? You know, what, what, do, we, what do we do well? Or, or if we don't know, like, what, what can we do well? So I guess to answer that question is, well, who are your best players? I mean, one of the things that I always really appreciated about Coach Spurrier at Florida, at South Carolina, I mean, I don't remember uh, much about his Duke days, but certainly remember all about the Gators and, and pretty much everything about the Gamecocks, is he knew who his best players were. Now, if you stopped them, hat tip. Or, you know, if he, if he, had, a, if he had a bad game plan, hat tip. But they were involved. And, I mean, you know, before, before we go back and just – name all these great players under Steve Spurrier, let's all raise our hands and say we thought that Kenny McKinley, Ace Sanders, Bruce Ellington, these guys, we thought they were going to be as great as they were because I know I didn't. 
I mean, did anybody think that Jarrell Adams was going to have the career that he had? Nope, I didn't. Um, didn't think Bust Anderson would either. But Coach Spurrier identified who his best players were, and he put them in the best positions for them to be able to succeed. And I think we've had a difficult time doing that. Um, I, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, 53 yards through two games, 18 carries, not a lot of room to run. Jaheim Bell's got four receptions for 18 yards. Those are your two guys coming into the year. Now Antoine Wells is your best player. Guess what, guys? He's he's on the map now. What does what Coach Hardesty always say? Put it on tape, right? Well, it's on tape. Eight quarters of, is on tape. He's the leading receiver in the league. We really think Will Muschamp ain't paying attention to that? Of course he is. So what are we going to do when they shut down Juice on Saturday? You know, and, and, and that all goes back to having an identity and figuring out what you do well. I think that this team can run the football. I, and, you know, to, to stand on a little bit of a soapbox, you know, for just a second, like, and I and this isn't – I don't want to make this personal with people out there, but I, I'm tired of blaming the players, man. I'm tired of it. You know, this offensive line is not the, the Green Bay Packers. They're not Alabama. They're not Georgia. I know that. But they are they are better than average, and they are more than capable of doing what they've been able to do. They've been here a long time. Flint and I were talking this morning. I was looking at the starting lineups back in 2020. I was looking at players on the 2018 roster, three starters on the 2022 <laughs> offensive line were on the 2018 roster. Douglas, Gwen, Wonham. They're better than this. And, and I don't know that they are being put in positions to be at their best, whatever that is. Um, you know, you flip the, flip the field, guys, and I'm, it's your show, so I'll turn it back to you. But you flip the field, you know, I, I, and I had to – I kind of interrupted our boy BG on, on Monday morning, um, JC and Phil, because he was talking about the recruiting that they're doing, the defensive line. You know, oh, they got Umi Azulu and – Monte Grames and yeah, all these guys. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna continue to. We need guys in the trenches. Oh, excuse me, but they got two five stars starting right now, alongside a four star. And everybody in the country wanted Boogie Huntley, Jordan Birch, and Zach Pickens. If Jordan Birch entered the portal today, Bama, Georgia, and everybody under the sun is calling. They're offering. They're doing it for Zach Pickens and they're doing it for Boogie Huntley. Why aren't those guys able to stop the run? Why? The 2010 team had a bunch of guys named Melvin Ingram, who had nine sacks that year, Devin Taylor, who had, I think, seven and a half sacks that year, Cliff Matthews, Lottie Ajaboy, uh, Travian Robertson, Byron Gerardu. Byron Gerardu, JC, you probably well know this, is he had a great career. We all agree. Oh, Byron Gerardu, boy, he was, he was a mauler at Carolina. He was also a two-star, 198th-ranked junior college recruit. <laughs> Tell me how that happened. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I happened to listen to, to Brad Lawing yesterday, who just just flat out, in my opinion, spilled the truth on Teddy Hefner's show in Columbia. You know, and so it's it's about development, it's about mentality. And as Coach Lawing said, are you beating the hell out of them in preseason practice and in spring practice or not? You know, I'm not going to question these guys' toughness. I think they're all tough dudes. If they walked in here and I said this to their face, they beat the crap out of me, and I know that. But as it pertains to playing in fo football in the SEC, there is a next level, and and I don't know if we're there on both lines of scrimmage, and I don't think it's because they're not talented. So if somebody disagrees with that, that's fine, but I don't agree. I, I think that we are talented, and I want to see these guys given every opportunity to flourish in the in the positions in which they hold on this football team. 
Yeah, well, I think you make a good point on that. You know, with the I think a lot of people on offense, JB, JB, focus on in on the skill players, but I think the same thing goes for the offensive line. Are you putting them in the best position? Are we calling the right thing for them for their strengths? And and I think that gets a little lost. I'm not necessarily sure if we are or we aren't, but I agree. I mean, we're talented. I it's hard to get. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, look, hey, yeah. why did why did when when everybody was crucifying Mike Bobo in 2020 for running a uh, uh, I what is this I formation it's offense old, yada yeah. yada yada? Do you, does anybody really are we questioning that now? He looked at personnel and said, "My God, we can only do a couple of things here. We've got yeah. a guy who I think can tote the rock and Harris. We got an offensive line who knows how to run block. We don't have a quarterback." And we've got maybe one wide receiver. Well, what was it like at the end of the season? They had one damn wide receiver and they had one freaking running back. I mean, and th those guys, like, they did the best of what, with what they could offensively. Like, that's just kind of their identity. Maybe that, those were the type of guys that were being recruited by Wolf and those guys back then. You know, this offensive, that's kind of what they were trying to build things into. But, I mean, I, I'm not an offensive line coach. I'm not Sean Elliott or Greg Atkins or – or, or Wolf or anybody. I'm not anybody. But, but I know that these guys, a lot of them are being asked to do things. They just – it's not that they're not capable of doing it. They are capable of doing it. But they're not capable of doing it at the level in which they need to do it in order for South Carolina to be successful. That, that's the thing. And, and look, it, it, when you hear things from the offensive coordinator like, we have to be creative in our blocking scheme. Why the hell do you have to be creative in your blocking scheme? These guys, they're not the ballerinas out there. You know, you don't have – and you could you could talk about the Rams and, and all that. And that, that drove me crazy. Honestly, it's a red flag. I, I, and we'll see how the season plays out. I hope for the best. But honestly, right now, this is this is how I'm feeling. And I'm tired of, like, suppressing this crap because I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack, guys. Honestly. So, uh, if I keep not mentioning this. The Rams offense is for the freaking Rams, okay? <laughs> it's for an NFL team, and I use this this example. The, when the right tackle pulls all the way across the formation, tries to block an end, right? Chances are that right tackle was like an All-American in Iowa. He probably runs 4-8, you know? Uh, he's, 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 he's great. He's elite. He makes $2 million, $10 million a year doing this, right? And he gets more than 20 hours a week to practice it. <laughs> Is that two days, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that end he's blocking is good uh, in the same way. Well, in the SEC, you don't have that in South Carolina or anywhere or Alabama or anywhere. You ask him to pull all the way across the formation. That end is probably going to play in the NFL next year, right? Uh, and it's yeah. hard to get there for these guys. It's not that this isn't. That's not these guys' game, and, and, I, and I'm concerned that, you know, here's my thing. Look, whatever's happening is happening. If the results change, I'm fine with it. You know, whatever, figure it out. It's been 15 games. But, but what I see is this. I see a stubbornness and a, a, uh, a commitment to – all right, so, so this is – I think somebody – there's some miscommunication there that somebody – thinks this is a year zero situation. It's a huge rebuild, right? Because of the record against an all-SEC schedule in 2020 and the record before that when the starting quarterback got knocked out, right? It's not. There are good enough players left here, right, to be better than what they are. And now on offense, they've added some guys. 
to be better than what they are. You don't have three years to to get people to perfect a an offensive system in college football because then you're going to have to turn over and teach it to freshmen again and newcomers again. Um, I don't get it. Uh, I, I, it seems to me like there's like, okay, well, this is supposed to work. Um, and uh, if you guys can't get it, then, then then you're the reason it's not working. And I'm a little bit over blaming the players all the time too. Uh, you know, and I, I don't like that. And, and I'm not totally putting it on Satterfield. I'm just saying that, it, you know, you hear things like we have to be creative in our blocking scheme or you, you hear the talk about the Rams, and then you talk about this, talk about that. The most refreshing piece of information I got from the offense this summer, from that standpoint, from the scheme standpoint, was Beamer saying, hey, we're running a little bit of the same stuff he ran at Oklahoma. Great. <laughs> you know, good. Yeah, he did that pretty well. That's pretty good. That's a college offense. And I just don't – I don't see it. And, and, and then, then you get into the games – and it's like, okay, well, if if a, a real sharp play – all right, let me back up. You hear questions about the opponent, and you never hear anything about the opponent. It's like, well, it's just up to us. We're just working on us. We're just doing this. And that's fine. Maybe you don't want to say, well, they're – you know, defensive ends are weak, so we're going to pound them in the run game, or their safety sucks, so we're going to go over the top. You, you probably don't say that. But it doesn't seem like in the games, you know, we talked about this last year, J.B., the identifiable weakness, you know, yeah. uh, you, you've not, you don't see Carolina doing that. You don't see them going up and saying, oh, we got to, like Phil pointed out against Arkansas, favorable box for the run game time and time again, yet Carolina Carolina throws. Yeah. Um, you can design all the plays you want. And, and honestly, in the NFL, you know, you, you probably, everybody's so even that it doesn't matter, you know, talent-wise. But in college football, it's about matchups and exploiting those matchups and taking advantage of every team has a weakness. Um, and then if they don't, you use their strength against them and you'd run like counters and draws and things like that. That's what good play callers do. And look, there's better, you know, there's, there's good play callers out there. You're going to see one this weekend um, other than Steve Spurrier, you know, but, but the good ones, the great ones do that. The great ones also adjust to fit the talent they have. They know how to get the ball in their playmakers hands. Uh, or at least they attempt to, uh, and, and and they make it to where it's pretty simple for the kids to learn, and it's all about repping and execution. And then you throw some garnish on the top of it and switch a formation up week to week to kind of to fool it. I mean, I, I just don't think this Houdini act week to week to week where you're trying to fool everybody with this uh, collection of plays is going to work because you know what? They got coaches too. And they're sitting there, they're not baffled. They're like, okay, well, here's what they're doing. And, oh, they're going to do this over and over again. And, oh, we're going to, okay, well, all right, fine. And so that, that's just, you know, that's my frustration with everything. I'm Like I said, not, not saying Marcus Satterfield's the problem or anything like that. It's just through 15 games, the guys are still like, oh, well, we don't know what to do. And then there's too many damn people. I mean, spacing is the essence of offensive football and basketball, for that matter. Where is the space? Why are there so many guys in one area that you're run, advancing the ball toward? You know, the idea is to get it in the open space, right, most of the time. So I'm done with the rant. I'm going to shut up. But uh, that, that, that's that been my frustration so far. It's just kind of how the offense looks and and how the guys are, are, are thinking more so than playing uh, a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, that and stopping the run. I mean, obviously, you, you know, you – Stopping the run thing is baffling to me because we we more than have the talent 
up front on that side of the football. I'll take Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens and those guys all damn day long. I love that crew. I think they're I think they're excellent football players. Will Muschamp uh, did an outstanding job recruiting to, to to that part of the football team uh, when they were when they were signing those and more. And then on offense, I mean, not to not to go around and round and round in the same circle here, but I mean to your point about exploiting matchups and finding weaknesses in the defense and things of that nature. Does anybody know why we beat Alabama? Anybody remember? Steve yeah. Spurrier, before the game, told Steven and Alshon, Alshon's better than their guy. So we're going to throw it to him. That's what we're going to do here. <laughs> and, Steven, your job, put the freaking football in his hands. You got it, coach. And voila. You know, all of a sudden you look up and you're like, holy smokes. You know, yeah, Alshon is better than this guy is a projected first-rounder. But you know what? Alshon Jeffries got kind of a first-rounder too. I mean, so, I mean – he was able to find those things, and, and I don't know that we find that enough. And, and again, I, I don't know that we we utilize the strengths of this football team. I, I just I don't see how they're going to sign running backs. I hate to sign top notch running backs if you've got one of the best in the league and you don't even give them the ball. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't understand that. With all that said, and this is going to this is going to be I see twisted chicken there. This is going to really twist your chicken when I say this. <laughs> I have a sneaky feeling that this game this weekend is going to be much closer than people think. Contrary to last weekend, JC, I, I didn't, I didn't think it'd be that close. Uh, and and when Bill when Bill Gunner sent us our picks, and you took Carolina, I just laughed. I said they ain't covering that eight and a half. Dude, and they I, almost they almost did. Yeah, they almost did. You're right. You know, nice nice little comeback there to try to backdoor it, but a little backdoor uh, action. Yeah, <laughs> um, that game wasn't guys. That game wasn't close. We all know that. If they would have had to play another quarter, Arkansas would have ran it down our throats for another quarter. I mean, yeah, and, defense and, was totally gassed by and, the end of the game. That I didn't think that that there. While we all want to sit here and criticize Marcus Satterfield, by the way, I will back a little bit of this up, saying that back in 2019, I picked Carolina to go upset Georgia when I was on ESPN, and everybody thought I was drunk. But we ma- we actually happened to match up well with them that day. It was an early game, and I and I just thought, man, there's some things here that just seemingly, if it all goes right for Carolina, they they're going to pull this off. I think they're going to pull it off. I'm not saying that this time, but there is a little bit of a similar feel, as in like kind of a sleepy noon game where the crowd's going to be into it, but it's early. Georgia's on the road. They got a, maybe a bunch of guys on this team who haven't been in this this environment itself. And Satterfield, believe it or not. And I picked up a couple little things here and there. He has the sneaky ability when he wants to make some adjustments that will work to do it. And and we generally don't see that much. We did see it before the Florida game last year. Obviously, they had a lot to work on, and they had plenty of time to work on it before North Carolina. But there are some things that if they can kind of execute it, based on what I'm hearing, you might be surprised when you look in the third quarter and go, Wow. Okay, if something wild can happen here and this crowd can stay in it, we we might be in for a hell of a fourth quarter. We'll see. But that's kind of where I'm feeling at this point with everything that's been said and as doom and gloom as it seems. I'm talking with Jamie Bradford here on Inside the Game Coast Show. Jamie got one more break and then we'll come back to you. Got some Nana Sports chat box things. I will say that but this is about the the Georgia game in 2019. James Cooley who called the plays for them as one of the worst play callers in America. True. Um, remember, he was the genius behind that really pretty talented 
Miami team the Gamecocks faced in the Independence Bowl uh, in 2014. And that um, god-awful defense the Gamecocks had kind of shut them down after the first quarter. That was Duke Johnson and all those guys. Yeah. You know, I don't know why. I, I guess uh, what's Ch- Cheney went back to Tennessee, so Kirby promoted Coley, and that was a mismatch. And I, I thought Carolina's defense played well, but as the season went on, Georgia did have trouble scoring. They did in some games. Yeah, they don't have trouble scoring right now, but they don't. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I wrote today about Todd Monken. You know, you want to talk about a sure. guy that exploits matchups that knows how to use his backs. I mean, that guy, that guy. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for the job he's done at UGA. Anyway. Folks, we're going to come back right after this uh, with our final segment of Inside the Gamecocks to show the Bradford Files rocking and rolling on a Wednesday here on the show. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Mer Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. 
Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show and time to get back to the show shoot all right my man welcome back everybody second hour of inside the gamecocks the show is brought to you by the burgess team at remax by the lake all your commercial real estate needs and of course the show itself is presented by manscaped manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package, as we have been discussing. So join over 5 men world, five million men, not just 5 men, might be, I mean, you know, hey, 5 men maybe just from this show. Let's get a few more. <laughs> Trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. So yesterday we talked about the lawnmower 4.0 the trimmer is the future of men's grooming and dare i say the greatest below the waist trimmer ever blown away by the performance of craftsmanship and it's got skin safe technology like i was saying ceramic blades big fancy led lights you could even do it in the dark if you wanted to but remember to get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code big spur at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code big spur <laughs> unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the right Right job with Manscaped. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, as my high school baseball coach once said, <laughs> you should be fighting to get to the back bat rack to face this guy. So the beauty of this segment is we do it during the Marcus Satterfield and Clayton White press conferences. Yeah, they're talking, uh, right? Yeah. Sad to point out today against Arkansas, they averaged five yards per carry on first yep. and second down on 12 runs where they just had to fall off. Welcome to the rest of our reality. He, I know. he, he gives the, the, he's, need to give them more runs to open up the game. Oh. Sure. Oh, no, really. He's trying to be the most simple offense in America. <laughs> they can go and attack defenses, but not going to run it just to be hard-headed. We'll continue to throw and take deep shots. I agree with that. They have playmakers. They have to get the tight ends more involved. Okay. And uh, that was kind of the, what I saw on Twitter. I'll go watch the press conference. Well, the best drive on Saturday was the fourth drive. They scored a touchdown. Of course, they missed the extra point, but they scored a touchdown. They ran it seven of eight times. I mean, I, they had no passing yards on that drive. I mean, I, I, I none. It's no really passing. not hard to, you know, this this team can run the football. I mean, they have guys who can run the football, and you don't have to put Jaheim Bell back there to do it. I mean, I, he yeah. could, you know, this is get. Shh, nobody's saying anything about this. But if you line Jaheim Bell up outside, either at tight end or in the slot or something like that, you might actually draw some attention out there. 
if you hand the ball off to one of those running backs, believe it or not, Pete, there is actually going to be somebody paying attention to Jaheim Bell because he's pretty good. Just a yeah. thought. You know, I just saying you can do that and it will work. So we'll when, see. when you scout South Carolina, you you look you, you got to account for Jaheim Bell. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Oh, and yeah, then, that's why that's why now they know you have to account for Juice Wells. Exactly. And so what are we gonna do? I mean, that, that's been my that's my that's been my point. All right. Everybody, everybody, everybody on the schedule knew coming into the season. Going to want to be you know, Rattler, good player. Obviously, we're going to have to pay attention to him. He can, If he gets going, he can light it up. But, boy, you're going to want to make sure you shut down Marshawn Lloyd and Jaheim Bell. Those are the two weapons. Josh Van, I mean, I'm saying this in defense of them. Not, I'm not criticizing them. They have collectively – I mean, Lloyd has scored, I think, two or three touchdowns. Or he's, he's run one or two in, and he's scored one or two on a couple of little swing passes. But, I mean, honestly, they've done nothing. I mean, all of them together. Like, there's nothing that is blowing the doors off of you. You know, when when you, I just, God. I mean, yeah. I, so so so. I mean, this is not going to be popular, but y'all are going to understand what I'm saying when I say this. Will Muschamp is the defensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs. Hate him all you want to about how he ran South Carolina. He is a hell of a defensive coordinator. I mean, he has spent plenty of time on figuring out how to stop Juice Wells. He has spent plenty of time on figuring out how to make sure that Amarian Brown doesn't break free on some of these routes that he should have caught touchdowns on last week. All right? That stuff's on tape. He's figured it out. So when we shut that stuff down, the, the, the few bright spots we had, what are we going to do? You know, you got to go to, to Bell and Steiner and Brooks and, and then and run the ball and lose. You got to run the football. You have to. You have you to. have to beat Georgia with what Georgia does. Run the football like that's what you. I'm not saying it. Put us back in the damn wishbone and all right, all right, boys, wishbone. Here we go, mano y mano, right up the gut. Let's see if we can't run it three times and punt. All right, I'm not saying that. Like you've got to be able to run the football. How I don't know. I'm not the OC, but I know you got to be able to run the ball. Like you can't beat anybody good without running it. So let's you know. Do that before I'm dead. Or, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> before we break our thank, TVs. <laughs> thank God I don't sit in the, with the with the press boys. I've told Fink for years, don't worry, you're never going to have me up there. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not coming. I'm going to keep stay right where I am in the Cockaboos Club, and I'm just going to keep drinking because until this gets better, I don't think I can. The, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank God. Hey, we won the bowl game last year. I went to the bar last week, and the – Cockaboo's club, I said, sweet Jesus, that's four dollars more than it was last season. <laughs> well, you know, we're expected to have a good team this year. I said, You haven't been paying attention. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. You know, Carolina, I think, does have to run the ball. I was actually, you know, you look at the rushing stats and they were ugly. Rattler lost what 33 yards in sacks, but um, you know, who cares? I, I don't understand how. Yeah, when you talk about feel, though, I mean, so, okay, you, you ran it, handed the ball off 12 times, you averaged five per carry on first and second down, handing it off. How do you not do that more? I mean, I, I you know, that, that's my thing. I mean, you had a drive on Saturday when you, you bust out the screen pass, beautiful screen pass to Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, he yeah. kind of got off balance a little bit, could have scored on the play, could have ran off and left everybody. 43 yards, and, and then you, you know, 
it was another screen pass and another screen pass, and another screen pass. And, um, you know, I, I saw Spurrier do that against Missouri in 2013, but he was almost laughing. Oh, shoot, they're not going to cover the middle of the field. All right, let's just, just run this to a little screen to Mike again, Connor. We're going up and down the field. Uh, and, then he, and then, you know, he didn't go to the well too many times. Um, you know, so, so I get that, but, I mean, this was well, – But the difference in that is, like, when, when Steve was doing that, JC, mm-hmm. his head, the way that it worked was, okay – Okay, when they stop it, here's what we're going to do. Because yeah. this is what they're yeah. going to have to do to stop it. Mm-hmm. So when this when they ad- make this adjustment to stop it, here's where we're going. Yeah, I mean, two you, steps ahead. You know, he's all he was always two steps ahead. Now whether and, they execute or not, I mean, and Arkansas wasn't leaving the middle of the field wide open either. Like like Missouri was that night. Missouri just yeah. Um, Barry that was, Odom, hey, that was Barry Odom's defense, right? Odom was he wasn't there quite yet, but yeah. Odom runs the, the same thing. Pinkle, it's kind of the same D, you know. Um, he kind of, cause you know, he got to start at Missouri, then went to Memphis and then came back. But, uh, obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you had the favorable boxes and, and all that. And yes, I don't know, you know, and who knows what George is going to give you in the run game. That's a different defense. They do. They do a lot of three down linemen. Um, a lot That's of, cause uh, generally their tackle is 560 pounds. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not as big. They, they don't have the freak in there this year. They got a. <laughs> They got another cat. Oh, he's just uh, a squirrely little 350-pound guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they, <laughs> they, fine. They're, they're a load, I mean, on the inside. And you got Jalen Carter, who's unbelievable. Um, let's see, D-tackle. Nose tackle. Zion Luge. Ah. Huge Luge. Yeah, I like it. 6'5", 295. From Lebanon, yeah. Tennessee. Wow. Nashville kid. Well, I mean, look, it's Georgia's defense. They're, I mean, we talk. Okay, are they as good as they were? Like, I've heard this a bunch. No, Georgia's defense. I don't think they're as good as they were last year yet. We're two freaking games into the season. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. We're going to know that at the end of the year. We didn't know how good Georgia's defense was last year until the season played itself out. We had no idea they were going to be as good as they were after two games. So, like, I'm not jumping to conclusion on that. They might be better. I mean, we don't know. Might be a lot worse. I have no idea. Oregon might suck. I mean, Sanford isn't any good comparatively compared to Georgia, of course. You know, so, I mean, like, Carolina just needs to figure out Carolina. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to game plan. you got to scheme around things, things. I get that. But, like, we we don't we still don't know what we do well. We we have no idea what we do well. Yeah, I, I, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. Uh, Nazir Stackhouse, who's a junior from Stone Mountain, Georgia, uh, 6'3", 320 is starting on the inside and luge is the backup. So yeah, you're still, you still got a lot of girth in there. Uh, a lot of girth on the inside uh, for yeah. the Georgia Bulldogs, but you know, he, he's going to be a handful. Nazir Stackhouse is a handful. I, I know, I know who he is quite well. Um, yeah. So, you know, who, who knows if they're going to be able to run. I, you know, is Georgia as good at linebackers as they were last year? I think they're talented. Uh, they got some ballers uh, up front, obviously. I think their secondary may be, uh, pound for pound, a little better. Uh, but I think South Carolina's receivers and quarterback can compete in this game. I mean, you know, you just got to dial up the right plays and keep them honest and and don't let them, you know, sit back and scheme to stop the run. So, you know, defensively, Clayton White talked about they, they we worked on tackling a little bit this week. <laughs> uh, he, he mentioned that. Uh, That's a big yeah, point. If they would have tackled well last weekend, Arkansas, you know, that game might have been a little different. Probably would have been a little different. I know Shane Beamer made an excellent point, though, that, that you know Carolina's not a bad tackling team. 
I didn't think they were a bad tackling team last year. I, I thought when they no. gave up a lot of runs, it was because, you know, they had limited athleticism at linebacker. They would get out of gaps, um, get pushed around physically a little bit. But when they had the chance to make a tackle, they, they made the tackle. I, I think there are a lot of good tacklers on this team, you know, especially in the secondary. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so maybe they maybe that was just a one-game thing. Look, it, I'm, and I will say this too, again, to give credit to Arkansas, it is hard to tackle that dude, K.J. Jefferson. Both it is very hard. Back, yeah. It's hard to tackle Rocket Sanders. And and I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I don't care how good Georgia's offensive line looks. I don't care how highly rated they were out of high school. Doubt they're as good as Arkansas. I don't yeah. think Alabama's offensive line is as good as Arkansas's. Yeah. Um, I'll just be straight with you there. I, I think, honestly, the only way Arkansas loses to Alabama on October 1st is if Bryce Young completely torches their secondary, which could happen and is probably a light, a likely scenario because they'll connect um, on those plays. So, you know. Hey, you I, know, I, I want to mention this real quick. I just want to see what y'all thought about this. You know who the Sanders kid reminded me of? Not necessarily, I wouldn't say, I don't think he was as quick as this guy, but just how slippery he seemed. Who do you think? Summers. Demetri Remember, Dem Summers. Demetri Summers looked yeah. like he was tackled – I don't even know how many times when when he was what year was that oh four oh four great, oh three great, yeah Summers uh, had great vision great vision. he just he just seemed to like casually just kind of slide around nobody ever really tackled him you're like how's that how's this dude doing that you know what I mean like he, he just it just you just kind of slipped off of him I mean it was really strange it was a that's a weird recruiting battle man Bobby Bentley versus Justin Stepp. Oh, <laughs> at Arkansas. Yeah. Bobby thought he had a good shot at the keys of Rockledge, Florida. Uh, and uh, Rocket was a wide receiver coming out of high school. So it's kind of funny. You got Trey Knox, who was a wide receiver out of high school, the place tied in for them, and Rockets are running back. Um, so you talk about personnel maximization. I think that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, Carolina was second for Raheem Sanders and uh, just didn't get him, and uh, he went out there. And oh, God, we had to settle for Marshawn Lloyd. That kid's terrible. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, see, but, but Rocket was a receiver, which kind of also goes back to the failures of Brian McClendon because he recruited all these big old guys to play receiver, and they kind of grew out of their bodies and all that. So, um, anyway, all right, the poll question for today, Jamie, we have you chime in on this. Bigger surprise of the season so far, Jalen Brooks or Nick Imanwari? Uh, To me, Jalen Brooks, and I'll give you my reason why. I know most people think, what, Nick Imanwari? Well, but I, but we probably three or four weeks leading into the season, we we knew this guy was going to play. At least at least I did, based on the information I had. I was like, man, this kid, this cat's good. I'd heard nothing about Jalen Brooks. Like, literally, I was actually surprised he's even back on the team. Mm. So, I, I'm, going, I'm going with Jalen Brooks. I, I think he... I think he looks different from what he looked like last year. And um, I'm going with Jalen Brooks on that. JC Saul says he's going to buy you a beer in the club Saturday, JC. JC, uh, I will, uh, I'll switch back to drinking beer when we start winning. Right now, the hard stuff is what I need. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate that. Oh, my Lord. Very, very kind. So, um, Sat said it worked one time. I'll call a screen 100 more times because it worked yeah. once. Caden Gibson says that. Um, uh, Arkansas is going to make a lot of teams look like they can't tackle, says Ryan, Nana Sports chat box. Craig says, talking to line they already want to fire Wolford at Bama. Yeah, that would be a huge mistake. Yeah, well, and that's that's typical Bama there, man. They they thought they are going to roll right into Austin. It was going to be 42 to 6, and but people. it was a 1.1, so now it's fire somebody and – 
And right now, Wolford's on the chopping block, and then they'll forget about that, and it'll yeah. be somebody else. You know, that's the that's whole, Bama. whole that's state Bama. of Alabama. Uh, I have a consulting mailbag question coming in, and this is uh, kind of a big picture thing we'll get to quickly. Uh, outside of this week, says Gamecock Pastor, which opponents, Power Five opponents, do you think present the toughest and the most favorable matchups for the Gamecocks moving forward after this weekend? What now? What what on earth could I have said in the last fifty six minutes that has the University of South Carolina calling my phone? That can't be good. <laughs> oh man, is we that, have not been that Mark, critical. Is Marcus Satterfield oh. calling Jamie? Oh God, <laughs> on the hotline. Oh, man, I uh, hope they leave a message because uh, <laughs> this can't be good. I don't know who that could be. Sometimes I'll get calls from USC, and it's a fundraising thing. Not this time. Oh, it's usually at night, though. So I'm, I don't. Oh, it's a mystery. Be, be, Beamer, somebody's pissed. <laughs> I I thought I've been fair. I didn't. All right, what were you saying? Uh, okay, so which opponents after Georgia, uh, Power Five means SEC and Clemson? Yeah. Do you think the Gamecocks match up against the best, or and and then the worst? Uh, the worst, I, man. I, I based on what we saw against Arkansas with that style of quarterback. I mean, Florida kind of cl- comes into the equation here because you just don't know. We don't know who Florida is yet. You know, are they is are they what they were against Utah? Or are they? more what they were against Kentucky um, is the Richardson kid. You know, what's he going to look like by the end of the season? It's a little concerning there, but I don't know. I, I, I still, even with that said, I mean, I think Tennessee at this point is, even though it's a Williams-Brice, just from a matchup standpoint, seems difficult. I mean, last year was awful. Um, what do they match up best against? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Bandy. Bandy, Missouri, for sure. Missouri. I mean, if we're, are we are we eliminating those guys? Let, let, let's minimize this conversation to, like, flip game, toss-up games. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, gosh, based on what we've seen, A&M's probably in that conversation at this point, right? Uh, is this the year? Yeah. You know, is this the year where you can get A&M? Uh, yeah, and you got them at home. I mean, we'll see if they turn it around the next couple of weeks. It wouldn't. I think they'll probably – I think they could beat Miami in a close one. Uh, I don't think they have a prayer against Arkansas unless Arkansas just plays terrible and looks ahead to Alabama. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, they could be one and five coming off a bye week coming to Columbia, which uh, would probably mean that somebody could get fired. They're <laughs> not firing people. They may head in with an interim head coach. Who knows? I, I doubt they're going to pay that buyout, but hell, It'll be an expensive one. The oil prices have been up, right? Uh, I think I think every, I think it, with the exception of Clemson's defense versus South Carolina's offense, because uh, I do think yeah. defense will get better, and they have Carolina's yeah. number right now. There's no getting around it. Yep, yep. Um, and having to go up there. Oh, I forgot you said Clemson. I was thinking SEC. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. I think Carolina matches up well with uh, everybody remaining. I, th- I think the game guys legitimately could be seven and two going to Gainesville. Uh, I do. That sounds nuts. I mean, they may start one and two. They may take a ugly L this weekend. But as Phil said, you got to get right games. Uh, and then I don't. I don't know. You know, watching Kentucky, they're they're a bleed you to death team, obviously, and, and they've yeah. had Carolina's number as well. But I don't see like athletically, physically, whatever that they're that far superior to the Gamecocks. At some point, Carolina's going to win in that series, right? Again, we. Yes, they they will win again against Kentucky. It will happen one day. Uh, I hope they probably will win all against all those teams one day at some point in time. 
Uh, yeah, seven and two. All right, it's ambitious. You didn't happen to shave part of your brain off when you were cutting your hair, did you? <laughs> no, nah, I, I honestly think. I honestly, I think hope you After watching it and kind of thinking through exactly what Arkansas does to your offense, uh, you know, look, they got to clean up this crap on their offense, right? You can't, you can't come in the press conference the next week and be like, "Hey, we ran it." I did it all 12 times and average five yards of carry. Well, five yards of carry, right? You know, that nobody's tracking. Who's tracking it? Whose job is it to track that? Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you're thinking, you know, that that's kind of stuff needs to quit happening. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, you know. I, I'll I tell think, you what, I'll say this with, with what, what you just said. I, I, uh, from, from the outside looking in and just watching them play, um, Based on what's happened thus far, mm-hmm. and and this isn't uh, exclude Georgia because I I don't know that we have necessarily a, a full view yet of Georgia. I don't, I don't I don't I'm not a big believer in Oregon yet. Sanford, Ar- Arkansas to me has been the most impressive team in the SEC yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like them. I love Sam Pittman. I, I I just I see why Justin Stepp says what he says about that program. I, they've done it the right way, and I have a lot of respect for him. I think. That, I, I hope we look back and go, wow, man, Arkansas is a top five team this year. I mean, no wonder what happened happened. Well, Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast said it yesterday. All right, Jamie, good chat for this week. We're out of time here. Yeah, I, I got to get, get on a yeah, Bulldogs man. podcast and uh, talk a little uh, to that, those fans. They they love me. So, well, <laughs> uh, I, I like I said, I'll leave it at this. I believe it or not, it, 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 I'm I'm not as heavy as a drinker as I have joked to be, but. Um, I, I, I have a sneaky feeling that this week is going to be a little bit closer than people think. I, I see the 24 and a half is kind of where it's settled. I'll be under that. Um, I, I like, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I like South Carolina coming out with a chip. And and I just hope we look up in the fourth quarter and, and we're really proud of this football team. That'd be a, that'd be a, um, they would have come a long way in a week from what we've been discussing the last few days. So we'll see what happens. Yep, no All right, Jamie. Thanks. Uh, thanks, finally. guys. Thank Greg, you. Clint, all these guys, y'all, they're the best, man. Yeah, appreciate all that. Lance, thank you. So, right, see ya. Uh, we're back. Um, oh, Blue Damn Pig comes in and says, hope you guys have a good season. Rattler just needs some more experience with this system and the receivers. Yes, stellar arm. Love Arkansas fans. Thanks for uh, thanks for definitely doing that. All right. We're out of time. We're way out of time here on the show <laughs> inside the Gamecocks. Uh, who we got on the docket tomorrow, Phil? Tomorrow we are uh, we got Chris Phillips coming in at eleven thirty. Um, Jordan, Jordan uh, from Dogs. Jordan Hall from yeah, isn't it Hall? I think it's Hill. Hill. Sorry, Hall. They got that uh, Hall County is what I was thinking. You know, Mm -hmm. down there in that area. But uh, I know Gainesville. Mm -hmm. But uh, he'll be on with us actually on Friday, and uh, and Wando will be on Friday as well. All right. So just Chris tomorrow and more of your. Mailbag questions, chat box questions, a lot of interaction. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for the Bradford Files. Uh, we'll get all the questions later. My dog's barking his butt off. I, I was wondering if that was red. Like, red, red. Uh, what's up, red? He, dem- he, re- he darted outside during the break, and then I, I <laughs> so I got to get him back in. All right, <laughs> folks. Uh, you guys have a wonderful afternoon here on a Wednesday, and we'll holla at you soon. This has been Inside the Game Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil.